Good morning, everyone. It's a lot of people needing to come in and get seated here. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Welcome to this time of worship. This is our exciting VBS Sunday where we're going to have the children featured. So that's always a very special Sunday. Do we have any visitors with us today? Okay. Marilyn, who do we have? Well, welcome, welcome. And I saw the chargeurs come in. <laughs> welcome to our church. And Mike's mom. Wonderful. Well, this is good. We've got a lot of visitors here. Uh, as part of the, the VBS program, there will be an ice cream social after church. So make sure you make your way over to the hall after worship and enjoy ice cream and goodies. And the bounce house is out there too. So I don't know if anybody's interested in that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And then we learned this week that Norman Rooney passed away. And, you know, we so enjoyed always seeing Norman in his seat there. And he loved being here in worship whenever he could. And so the Lindsays were in Ireland when it happened. But there is not a service planned right now. But... The Lindsays are his family, so we will remember them. Okay, in your bulletin, you may have noticed you have this pass. This is going to be very, very important in the next few weeks. <clears throat> this, the Chargers will be here. And the 28th, which is two weeks from today, will be the first Sunday that they're here. So you're going to need to allow a little more time and make sure that you have that pass with you. Also, if you have reason to come by the church during the week, they do have some weekdays that they will be here too. So keep that pass in your car. If you need more, there are more in the office if you have two cars or another person in your family that needs one. But we just want to make it as easy as possible for everyone to get in and out of here. So remember, chargers are coming. Did you notice the beautiful landscaping this morning when you got here? Uh, yes. Jeff Elston and the uh, facilities committee has been in charge of that, and those guys have been working all week. So it's, uh, it, it looks so nice, and it has drip system for water, and uh, very, very well done. So attendance uh, books are on your aisle, so please sign your attendance book. We want to let you know how happy we are you're here. And VBS does not happen without a lot of people being involved and a lot of volunteers. So I would like to ask any of you who had a part in it, whether decorations or planning or uh, leading the groups in the kitchen, whatever, if you would please stand. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. That's a large percentage of our church. Thank you all for being here. And 
in a little bit, we'll turn the worship service over to Carrie and to the children. So last week, when we greeted each other, we tried something new, which we're going to do again this week. And after a few minutes of time to greet, Cornell is going to play the chimes on the organ. That's your cue to go back to your seat, stand there, and be ready to begin worship. Okay? Okay. So we will, we will try that again today and see if we can make it a little less chaotic than it has been. Uh, okay. So now you may take that time and greet one another and listen for the chimes. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you, Cornell. <laughs> Will you please rise for our call to worship this morning? The word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. My word shall accomplish that which I purpose, says the Lord, and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Please pray with me. Grant us, O Lord, the grace always to do and think what accords with your purpose that we who cannot exist without you may be enabled to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. And let us continue worshiping with our voice in singing praise. the children are on. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to our Yeehaw celebration. 
I'm Miss Carrie, and I have been leading our music and more here um, during our vacation Bible school. The past few days, we've been on a trail with some amazing kids, as you see here, um, discovering that God gives good gifts. That's right. Can you guys help us out with that? God gives good gifts. Very good. So, all right, team, I need your helping hand and your voices as we kick off our VBS celebration with a song, All That I Am. all the kids to share a favorite part of their VBS, but I feel a picture is worth a thousand words. So we put together a uh, slideshow of all the fun that we've had the last couple nights. So another highlight in our VBS program was uh, getting to hang out with Rawhide Rob. Um, and (laughs) (laughs) so help me welcome the coolest cowpoke on the ranch, Rawhide McSpur. I did, I did. I had so much fun with y'all learning about all God's gifts. Yeah, it's it's so nice to see you, Rawhide, but where? Where? You didn't tell me you were bringing all these adults. I've been with kids all day. They make me about as nervous as a pig at a barbecue. These these people? Oh, they're just friends and family of the kids here at VBS. I'm sure they're excited to meet you, too. Oh, all right, all right. Well, yeah, nice to meet y'all. Can, I, can, can y'all give me a good yee-haw? Yee-haw! Oh, God, I get so excited when we talk about God and all the gifts. Mm-hmm. I think they might like to hear a song from you, Rawhide. A song? I don't know if I can sing in front of all these people. My voice is about as sweet as a skunk in summer. 
Oh, don't be so modest, Rawhide. You have a good voice. Let's celebrate God's great gift in you with a song. Bye, Rawhide. Happy songwriting. Another thing that we did here at VBS is we had our mission project, and this year we uh, continued to pack bags for our homeless. Um, we have about 10 people who come in a week and ask for a lunch sack bag. And so what we do here at VBS is we challenge the kids to raise enough funds to pack over 100 bags. Um, and this week they packed over 50, um, and they raised $160, or 120, right? Was it 100? 160 of the 180 that they need, 120 of 180 that they needed to have, and the challenge was for them to reach $180 in order to pie Rob and I in the face. Um, and I have this water jug right here, and if any of the kids have any donations that they want to add, I ask that you add those now um, so we can see if they reach that $160 goal to pie Rob and I in the face. Any? Any? Oh, here we go. Oh, it's right here. Right here. Kalea's got her. And while they add in their funds, we're challenging you, the congregation, to help us reach the remaining amount of funds needed to pack, uh, to fund the packing of these bags. Um, so they only had to come up with half, and so we're challenging you to come up with another $160 to uh, fund these bags. And so we're going to have this jug out here the next couple of Sundays. And so if you could dig deep, this is what we ask the kids, look under those couch cushions in the car, that cup holder, um, under your bed, wherever you may hide loose change, and bring it in so we can fund the remaining uh, bags that these go out to our community. Inside the bag is like a Vienna sausage, um, an applesauce. Um, we'll have a sample out in the fellowship hall for you guys to see. Um, but thank you guys so much to help and support and to all of our kids. And I'll eyeball that and let you guys know um, if we've reached enough and if we can pie Rob and I in the face um, afterwards. <laughs> But I just want to, again, um, Sharon already had us, but if I can have all the volunteers again come up front, um, and just I want to give you guys an extra round of applause for all the work that you guys have done this week. We couldn't do VBS without you. Um, we need our crew leaders, our kitchen staff. Thank you. Our station leaders. Yes, even those up in the sound booth. You guys have all made VBS a special time for us here. And this was our first year doing a weekend VBS too, so a lot of us gave up you know, our Saturday to be here and it's just been a blessing. I don't wanna block any children for this photo. Um, so thank you guys all. I could not, could not do VBS without you. These kids are so grateful for you. Um, and you kids are awesome. You guys came up with so much money in such a short amount of time. And I'm so proud of each and every one of you. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna go ahead now and close us out in I'll close in prayer, but I, I also want to just uh, uh, offer a round of applause for Carrie. She worked so hard. We, we went from a $5,000 budget to 1500 this year. So, and I think it looks like a $5,000 set to me. So congratulations to Carrie and her committee and all the volunteers, all the kids to make this a successful VBS. Oh, one group photo, guys. Let's, can we try and scooch in on this side?
Okay, I'm going to close this out in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again so much for these last few nights here, um, for the volunteers, for the hands that blessed us with a meal each night. Father, I thank you for the volunteers, their hard work that they put together and poured out into each program here, Father, that you were present in everything that we did, for the kids who came, for for their fun that they had and to learn about you and get to know you, Father. I hope that they they found you in all that we did here, Father, that they felt your love and the friendships that they made. Um, Father, uh, just be with us as we continue this day. Let us come together and celebrate and worship you as we're out there on that bounce house this afternoon, Father, and as we enjoy ice cream together. We pray this all in your precious name. Amen. Well, that was fun. So, yeehaw! <laughs> the proof of God's amazing love is this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Because we have faith in him, we dare to approach God with confidence. In faith and penitence, let us confess together our sin before God and one another. God of justice and righteousness, have mercy on us as we forget our sin. We say we love our neighbors, but we still make distinction. We favor the rich and discount the poor. We say we have faith, but our works do not show it. We preach Jesus Christ while we send the hungry away. While our lips praise you, our hands cast off strangers. We are not worthy to ask your forgiveness, except for the name of Christ, who pardoned the thief on the cross and forgave those who put him to death. Forgive us, we pray. Amen. Hear the good news. The saying is sure and worthy and full of acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might be dead to sin and alive to all that is good. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Please stand. may be seated. Good morning. How many of you had wise moms? I, I think just by definition, the way God created us, most of us had wise moms. And what are some of the things our moms used to tell us? How about think before we speak? Or if you don't have anything good to say, then? Yes. And just because it pops into your mind doesn't mean it has to come out of your? Exactly. Sometimes we should actually listen to these wise words of our moms. No. Not sometimes. We should actually listen to them most of the time. 
There is a well-known Jewish tale about a man who went about the community telling malicious lies about the local rabbi. When he realized that what he had done was wrong, he went to the rabbi and asked for his forgiveness and said to him, what can I do to make amends? The rabbi told the man, go take a feather pillow, cut it open, and release all the feathers to the wind. The man thought that was a very odd request, but simple enough, and he truly wanted to make amends with the rabbi, so he went and did it. Later, he comes back to the rabbi, and so happy that he had accomplished what the rabbi had asked, and the rabbi said to him, now go and gather all of the feathers. <laughs> you can no more make amends for the damage that your words have done, then you can recollect all of those feathers. Another rabbi added, the harm done by speech is even worse than the harm done by stealing or cheating someone financially. Because money lost can be repaid, but the harm done by the tongue cannot be repaired. Will you please pray with me? Father God, we praise your glorious name this morning. You, Lord, and you alone are our light and our salvation. You, Lord, are the strength of our lives, and thy word is a lamp unto our feet. Father, you tell us in Proverbs 18.21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue. We surrender to you our intentions that we could ever control our tongues without your help. Lord, help us to speak blessings and not curses. Lord, teach us to think before we speak. Transform these human words from my mouth to be truly your words for us today. And it is in the strong and powerful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us go ahead and turn to chapter 3 in James, beginning in verse 2. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body and check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Or... Look at ships. Though they are so large that it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycles of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed as has been tamed by the human species. But no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil Full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives, or a grapevine figs. No more can salt water yield fresh. This is the word of the Lord. James provides us with several word pictures that aid us in evaluating the potency of our tongue. Earlier in the epistle of James, he warns us that those who consider themselves religious 
and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. He warns us to listen more than we speak, to be slow to anger, and not to show favoritism. And now in chapter 3, he continues along the same and elaborates further on the power of our tongue and the power of our speech. Perhaps James was preaching to an early Christian church filled with new Christians that were wounding each other with their words. If that's so, then I am sorry to say 2,000 years later, well-meaning Christians are still doing the same thing. I read a wonderful quote from a pastor, Pastor Brian Bill of Edgewood Church, and he says this, We, Christians, are quick to avoid murder, stealing, drunkenness, but we often assassinate fellow believers and lead destruction in our wake by the way we use our tongues. Husbands have stabbed wives with their words that are as sharp as daggers, and wives have lashed out with tongues that cut and pierce. Parents have devastated their kids by repeated blasts of venom. Children have exploded at their parents with volleys that have leveled the family like a bomb. And churches have been wiped out by wagging tongues that have sliced, diced, and chopped people to shreds. I wish that wasn't true. James uses six comparative images to help us understand how small but formidable our tongue is. And the first image is of a bit. A bit is the metal part of the bridle that is inserted into the horse's mouth. Do we have horse people in the room? I, I know Marcy is. This very, very small piece of steel can literally control that large and powerful animals. And in the hands of an experienced trainer or rider, that bit will direct whether the horse veers left or right, whether it goes forward or halts. And likewise, our tongues do control our bodies. If we are reckless and anger easily, isn't that stress going to show on our bodies? Angry persons sometimes get all red in the face as their blood pressure is rising and their blood is pumping as hurtful slurs roll off their tongue. A horse in the hands of an experienced trainer can perform amazing feats of skill and endurance. And so, too, the tongue under the control of an intentional person, can perform amazing sounds of joy and encouragement. The second image that James uses is that of a rudder. A rudder is the underwater blade that is positioned at the stern of the ship, and it will cause the ship to turn right or left. Similar to the bit in a horse's mouth, this too, this little rudder, can con control a large cruise ship. As a small blade can steer an immense ship, so too our very small tongue sets the direction for our lives, steering us toward our purpose in life or causing us to go completely off course. Do you all remember the Costa Concordia disaster several years ago? That Italian cruise ship that was mishandled by cruise ship personnel and crashed into the rocks off Italy. The cruise ship sank and 32 people lost their lives. So our speech may not literally kill someone, but as Pastor Brian Bill points out, we do assassinate people with our tongue and leave a path of destruction in our wake. The third image that James uses is of fire. My brother is a fire captain in the city of Anaheim, and he would be the first to attest that a tiny spark 
can launch a devastating fire. And in the past many years, we all have witnessed up close and on television how these horrible fires have devastated and leveled cities. And those fires started with a spark. Lest we have missed the correlation between the bit and our tongue or the rudder and our tongue, James continues that a small spark of flame As that goes, so too goes our speech. One seemingly very small comment can unleash a firestorm of emotion. One insignificant piece of gossip can have untold repercussions. Try recollecting the feathers cast to the wind. The fourth image that James uses is that of a beast in the wild. He points out that humans have been able to tame and take dominion over beasts, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures, and yet we humans have not been able to tame our tongue. Let's pause for a moment and think about that. Lions and tigers and bears... We've tamed them, but well-meaning, good Christian folk can't tame their tongues. We may never be able to domesticate our tongue, but we can learn to train it. It's at this point in the sermon that I'm tempted to say, Lord, what were you thinking giving us such a powerful tongue? But the answer to my exasperated question comes quickly. The fifth image that James uses is of a spring. He says that a spring cannot produce both fresh water and salt water. There must be a purpose for that spring to produce one or the other. Could that also be true of our tongues? James contends that our tongues cannot be tamed, so we must guard them. Particularly, we must guard against the habit of speaking ill about people. We speak ill about each other in one breath, and then we praise God in the very next breath. And James sees this as contradictory, for we are made in the image of God, and those who we speak ill about are made in the image of God. Can both blessings and curses really flow from our mouth? The sixth image that James uses is that of fruit. Specifically, he says, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear pigs? Figs. Can a kangaroo birth a cheetah? Can an apple come from a walnut tree? No, like must flow from like. So again, I have to ask, how is it possible that out of our mouths come both kind words and then harsh words. James is calling us to be consistent in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds. What comes out of our mouth is a reflection of what's in our hearts. Said another way, what we think will eventually come out of our mouth. So what we fill our minds with also will naturally pour out of our mouth. As children, we all learned, sticks and stones may break my bones, but... Really? Is that true? Broken bones can be set and heal, but harsh words damage spirits, and they damage our heart, and I'm not sure that can ever be fully repaired. An easy task to tame our tongue Absolutely not. If it were, then God would not have dedicated so much in the Bible to this. In Proverbs eleven twelve, a person who lacks judgment belittles their neighbor, but a person of understanding holds their tongue. Proverbs twelve eighteen, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Or Proverbs 10, 19, when words are many, sin is not absent, but those who hold their tongues are wise. 
As I was doing research for this sermon, I came across this acronym that I'd like to share with you. And the acronym is THINK. T, are the words true? The more interesting the information that we want to share, the more likely it is that it's false. H, are the words helpful? Will the words that we want to speak really help bring about a solution? I, are the words inspiring? Will our words build someone up? N, are the words necessary? Do we really need to say anything at all? And K, are the words kind? Are the words we are about to speak based on really wanting to help someone? I read a story about a woman who had a throat condition, and the doctor did surgery and said she could not talk for six months. Six months. She had a husband. She had children. How could that be possible? But she wanted to heal. She didn't want to lose her speech for life, and so she did as the doctor said. She got a whistle, so every time she needed those kids to come to her, she blew her whistle, and she had a pad of paper to write down everything that she wanted to say. So six months later, her voice had returned, and she could speak again, and someone asked her what it was like to communicate only in writing. And she said this, You'd be surprised how many notes I crumbled up and threw into the trash before I gave them to anyone. Seeing my words before anyone heard them had an effect that I don't think I can ever forget. Now, I'm not willing to be quiet for six months, and I'm sure probably none of you are either. But we can challenge ourselves and we can hold each other accountable to be far more deliberate with the words that are coming out of our mouths. We can be willing to fill our mind and our thoughts and ideas with things that honor God and honor each other. We can commit intentionally to daily speaking aloud life-affirming comments and biting our tongues, sometimes literally, on death-inducing comments. So here's my conclusion. Every single one of us here, me included, we all need heart surgery. Jesus gives us insight in Matthew 12, 34, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus is the only one who can change us from the inside out. And Jesus is in the business of heart transformation. We Presbyterians put a high value on knowledge and education, and there is nothing wrong with that. But it can't stop there. The real heart of Christianity is a relationship with our Savior. It's intimacy, not just knowledge, and it's adoration, not just education. Jesus doesn't want us to just know about him. He wants us, all of us, and every part of us. The more we get to know Jesus, the more we will start to become like him. Spend time in God's word. Sit quietly with him in prayer and meditation. And then ask God, tell him, I want to know you more intimately, Lord. Ask God, use me, use me, Lord, for your purposes. And ask him to transform us from the inside out. Ask God for us to be a blessing and not a curse. In the Hebrew, to bless also means to kneel. Kneeling was significant in Hebrew worship. The knees were regarded as symbols of strength, so to bend the knee, therefore, meant to bend our strength before the living God. 
We acknowledge that all we have comes from him, and it means literally to bring a gift on bended knee. When we are a blessing, it simply means that we are being used by God to bring happiness and prosperousness to others, to bless one another and to praise God is the highest function of human speech and the great end to which our tongue exists. To bless one another and to praise God is the highest function of human speech and the great end to why he created our tongue. Words of blessing create a positive environment. And Paul understood this. He said in Ephesians 4.29, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful in building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I love you. You're important to me. Thank you so much. You look really nice today. You have a beautiful smile. Great job, you guys. This place wouldn't be the same without you. I'm proud of you. Please don't leave here today thinking that in and of your own might, you can control your tongue. It will take more than just our good intentions, willpower, and determination. God tells us that in our own strength, we cannot tame our tongues. And that's the bad news. That's also the good news. We can't do it on our own, but we worship a Savior who can. Jesus desires more than anything to be in an intimate relationship with each and every one of us. And it is in that intimacy and adoration that the words that spring forth from our mouths will be a blessing and not a curse. Will you please pray with me? Father, we confess that we cannot control our tongues on our own. And on some level, that is difficult for us to admit. We need you. Our lives are a mere shadow of what they are meant to be when we are not daily living in your presence. Father, draw us closer to you this day. Help us to keep our eyes focused on you and on you alone. Help us to fill our minds with you and your word that we may be a blessing to those around us. We submit our lives to you, Lord Jesus, and it is in your holy and powerful name that we pray. Amen. Please stand for our hymn of commitment.
And at this time, we have the opportunity to bring our tithes and our offerings to the Lord. So if the ushers would please come forward to receive them. be seated. And now we have the opportunity to go before God in prayer. So join me. God of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ, you promise to hear us when we pray to you in his name. Confident in your love and mercy, we offer our prayer. When we come asking, continue to receive us. When we seek guidance, help us to find your spirit. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in your presence. Take from our world war and threat of war and the conflicts that abound in so many nations. Enable nations to live in genuine community. Help all to see beyond their own interests to the common good. We pray this morning for Somalia and those affected by the terrorist bombing yesterday. And while we pray for physical and emotional healing, we pray that such violent acts may cease and the world does not have to live in fear. We pray for relationships with Iran, which are very tense. We pray that there may be a common ground on which to communicate. We pray for our president and the nation's leadership who are so involved in the decision-making with these and other nations. We pray for a reasonable and humane solution for the immigrant situations. Lord, you have said, let the children come to me. We thank you for every child that heard that call and came to VBS this weekend. We give you thanks for the many hands that fed, led, and taught these little ones and showed your love to them. We pray that the lessons they learned and the experiences they shared may forever impact their lives as followers of Jesus Christ. May they continue to seek you and do your will. Be near, O Lord, to the sick and sorrowing. Uphold all who are trying to bear pain, physical or emotional. Be with all who must watch loved ones suffer. 
Help them as they need and restore them through your mercy. Send your disciples to those who are lonely or afraid. We pray for those whose burdens we carry in our hearts. Today we pray for Frank Ortiz, who is hospitalized, for Johnny Ernest and for Joan Clamp as they deal with serious health issues. We ask for your comfort and peace for the Lindsay family as they grieve the death of Norman Roney and at the same time celebrate his life and his faith. We pray for Elsie, who grieves the loss of her brother Alden, and for Judy Im's daughter Janelle, who is grieving the loss of her husband. Bring comfort to all, and may treasured memories sustain them through this time. May they truly know that nothing can separate their loved ones from your love. Accept the fervent prayers of your people, O God. In your great mercy, look with compassion on us and all who turn to you for help, for you are gracious. To you we give glory, now and forever, through Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now would you please stand and join together in our concluding hymn. Before I give the benediction, I'm going to give a confession. I needed that word. Every time I've preached, God has first preached it to my heart. So don't ever think that the one standing up here and preaching doesn't need what's coming out of their mouth. We do. 
we need our Savior. So what did we learn? That our tongue is capable of blessing and curses, and we cannot tame it. But we worship a Savior who can. Go forth today. May the grace of God the Father, may the love of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today, this week, with all whom you love. Amen. This is Pastor Charles Svensson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you.